Live from the home office of Ag Solutions Network, it's the Ag Emerge Podcast. We're here to move the ag paradigm forward by helping you regenerate your soils using new ideas, research, and emerging technologies. Get ready to improve your soils, your crops, your livestock, and your family's livelihood. I'm Kim Sheese. And I'm Monty Bottoms. And we're your hosts. Thanks for joining us. Welcome to this edition of the Aggie Merch Podcast. What a great topic we've got for you today. Something that we see a lot of discussion on in areas maybe surrounding agriculture, but the the discussion about data and blockchain in agriculture today is growing, and we're excited to be on that upcoming idea and concept. And we just want to talk about it today. We're going to be joined later with Erin Vincent, and she really is involved in some of the processes that take advantage of some of those opportunities with blockchain. So, Monty, we're kind of looking forward to having this discussion today. No, it's exciting because Aaron was a person who reached out to us this year, uh, found us on the website, reached out, and applied to be a speaker, and it's our first one, uh, and we've had a few others this year that have reached out to to speak, and that's exciting. That's what we want Ag Emerge to be. We want people with great ideas to have a, a venue to get them out there, and uh, so pretty excited about that aspect of it. I've had a nice conversation on the phone with Aaron, just discussing, just discussing what some of the possibilities are with blockchain and agriculture. And you've probably heard of blockchain before. If you haven't heard of blockchain, you've probably heard of cryptocurrency or Bitcoin. You've maybe heard of Bitcoin as a, a different way to be paying for transactions and these kind of things. And it all seems kind of wild and out there, you know, uh, uh, what, what is going on with this. But really, blockchain has emerged through um, the online transaction process and, and Bitcoin uh, really drove the emergence of it. But as Aaron's going to talk to us, um, you had a great interview with her here. I, I wasn't able to be here, but uh, she's going to share a little bit about how it works and, and those kind of things and and how just having that open transparency of where everybody that's involved in any portion of a process can post information uh, there, then makes it available to anybody or to selected people based on your security preferences or sharing preferences, uh, really enables some amazing things to happen. And I think after Aaron's uh, done visiting with you, we'll, we'll come back and talk about just what some of those applications for agriculture are. That's exciting. I'm, I'm looking forward to it. And I just love being able to collect data in a thorough and accurate method. Mm -hmm. Um, I think that there's a lot of data out there and there's a lot of bad data out there. So, Well, I'd be careful and caution you on uh, the quality of data in regards to blockchain. Mm -hmm. So blockchain will record whatever you enter into it. Now, it does have the ability to have basically crowdsourced uh, verification of that data. So the garbage can go in but everybody has to agree to the garbage, so that's a, a way to vet sure. the quality, and I think that's what you're getting at, right, Oh, Kim? clearly. <laughs> but uh, I think uh, how we populate uh, the front end uh, with Internet of Things or mm-hmm. sensors, uh, how we populate the blockchain is, is one aspect of it. Then the blockchain functionality and the sharing that Aaron's going to talk about is the second as- aspect of it. But then now we've got all this information in there, 
what do we do with all the information, right? How do we how do we create value? How do we make a decision out of that? Well, there is a third part of technology that's emerging called artificial intelligence that can just run uh, scenario after scenario in order to see how things would react based on a large data set. It's a data set so large it's just hard for us to comprehend. So computing technology is getting to where it can it can analyze all of the numbers that are within the ledger. So it's really a, you know, information in, uh, record and verify the information correctly with blockchain, and then doing something with that information on the way out. And Aaron's mm-hmm. going to visit with us right on that center, center pivot point of, mm-hmm. of everything and how does that apply to us? Yes, uh, I think it'll be a great discussion. And um, I, the applications are unlimited and being able to query that data um, it's just exciting to be able to see where we could go with it. So, so I had a stats class in college, and I wanted to apply it to farming. So uh, back then, I was working with a company, uh, Supercross Seed Corn, and they had a, a program that I would take to the field on a portable computer. Now, I don't know if you remember what a portable computer used to be like. It had a five-inch screen that was green letters, and it had a... Not a five and a quarter inch floppy drive, but the the full on big disk floppy drive. Okay. Well, the pull rank. I am older than you and have I, been I, on all those. Devices, I know, but so. I, I, I mean, <laughs> you know, this was cool back then. It had the keyboard, yeah. you know, that clipped into the front of it, and it was yes. about the size of a small suitcase. It looked right? like your makeup case you'd take was on compact, back in the day when you flew. <laughs> it was a compact brand, and uh, I would go to the field and I'd enter a soil test, and it would select which hybrid you should plant based on crop rotation and and soil test nutrients. Well, being a little bit of a nerd, I'd keep running different iterations to try to figure out, okay, what's the math behind the selection, you know? Because I knew that if it was corn on corn, it'd always recommend 4366. If it was corn on beans, it'd always be 4386. And then as I'd vary my magnesium level, it'd start to switch different ones. So, or I varied my pH level. And then all the other nutrients were just in there for flub. I mean, there was just, they were just <laughs> wild guessing, right? So I had that in my back of my mind. I thought, well, let's, let's just try to prove this out in stats class. So I took all of our soil test information, all of our yield data that we had off uh, plots that I was doing that year. I had four different plots out with customers. And I uh, took all their you know, soil information and rainfall and just all the factors that we could gather at that time back in the early 1990s. And I plugged it all into a table, thinking, that's going to be great. Going to going to show us all this multiple regression correlation. And it came out with, like, no correlation to anything at all. And I'm like, oh, well, that's fun. <laughs> and that was, that was my first look into the fact that we are not, that was a real basic understanding that we are not coming anywhere close to gathering the amount of data needed to be able to put into a predictive yield model. And then for the next 25 years in Precision Ag conferences and everything Precision Ag, they've been trying to forever come up with correlations for population and for hybrid and for nutrient rates and all this stuff. And it's all just a joke. They're just wild guesses. And there's nothing that's really gathering enough information to make those decisions. However, blockchain, Mm -hmm. its ability to bring in information from every source automatically as long as it's linked now we're finally getting to what I wanted to do in my stats class mm-hmm. in my whatever junior year or sophomore year of college. So 
I learned a tremendous amount about the number of variables we need to monitor. It's, it's more than just 20. It's more like 20,000. And the other thing I learned out of that is just what it takes to get a repeatable answer using stats in agriculture. So a friend of mine says there's lies, then there's even worse, there's damn lies, and then there's something even worse, there's statistics. <laughs> so <laughs> that's, uh, you know, the bad part about doing uh, statistics, they're great in a controlled environment, but in agriculture, we're in a dynamic environment yes. where things are always different. There's never two years the same. Yes. Average is just the sum of all the extremes, right? Uh, That's the right. mean, The mean of the extremes. So, well, we anyway. have a good friend that says there's a thousand variables. Yeah, there's a thousand variables. That is for sure. Well, and it just, it, it speaks to the point specifically that you said about the quantity of data that we've got to have. And that's why blockchain is so key because it can manage that amount of data from, as you said, the Internet of Things. We've got all kinds of things coming in. Mm -hmm. And and it can't be fudged either. Right, yeah. exactly. Yep. It can't be fudged. It's third-party verified and a permanent record. Mm -hmm. So, mm -hmm. And so that's all, those are all important key things to bring up because, um, again, we know how important the quality of the data is yeah. that we're making these decisions off of. So, Well, I'm excited to let you and Aaron take it away and uh, talk about just what it is and those kind of things. And then I think afterwards we'll, we'll come back together and talk about, okay, what is, how, how will we as farmers and as entrepreneurs use this technology in new and exciting ways to, to move the ag paradigm forward? That sounds great. Hope you enjoy this upcoming podcast here with Aaron. Well, welcome everyone to the Ag Emerge podcast. I'm excited to uh, be joined today with uh, Aaron Vincent. Erin um, is from Utah. She's a software developer. And we're going to be visiting today about blockchain. And for those of you that aren't familiar, we'll be delving into what blockchain is, what it means, its applications in agriculture, and the excitement around it. So um, it's something that I am super interested in, and so I'll try not to geek out too much while we're talking about it. So that's exciting. So welcome, Erin. Thank you. Happy to be here. Erin, let's first start by letting folks know who you are, more specifically things about what you're doing and some of the work that you're doing, and we'll kind of start there. Sure. Sounds good. So as you said, I'm a software developer I'm located in Utah, and I currently work for an agriculture company. And so I am kind of at the intersection of agriculture and technology. And so I guess a little bit about my background. I did not study computer science or agriculture, but yet I find myself kind of in this place right now. So I, uh, I actually went to a coding boot camp. Um, I don't know if, if you're familiar with that at yes. all, but yes. Yeah. So it's a uh, kind of an intensive program that I did after after finishing my degree, which was in international relations, just totally unrelated to what we're talking about now. But I kind of made a career change, did a web development boot camp. And so now I work as a software developer um, and I happen to work for an ag company. So that's kind of how I, I plug into the agriculture scene, I guess. 
That's excellent. I feel like we have a similar path. My degree is in animal science, but I wound up uh, working for an ag software developer in the financial and production area shortly after college. And so I wound up going from ANSI stuff to tech stuff. So I'm like the poster child for get your degree and then go figure out what you want to do for <laughs> the rest of your life, right? That's great. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So fantastic. I'm interested then, so you weren't necessarily in agriculture. Do you do you have any ag in your background or are you just kind of delving into agriculture as you've gotten started? And tell me a little bit about that. Yeah, I'd say the latter. I'm just kind of diving in. I do have agriculture in my blood, though I think. My grandpa was an executive at an agriculture company, and I've I've enjoyed picking his brain somewhat about some of the things we're going to be talking about today and kind of explaining to him kind of the cutting edge technology that's that's come on the scene since, you know, he's he's long retired. But anyway, so I feel like maybe uh, my lack of training is made up for I have a little bit of it in my blood, or at least maybe that's where my interest comes from. Well, and the thing is that I feel like sometimes it's good because if we're not steeped in all of that uh, ag history, that we come with a fresh perspective sometimes and think, oh, why wouldn't you do it this way? And, you know, uh, type of thing. So that's great. And I'll bet your granddad is excited about hearing what's happening and some of the changes that are that are going on. Yeah, definitely. So let's just dive into blockchain. And, and I do want to, I'll have you define it and, um, and then we'll talk a little bit about its implications for agriculture. But why don't you give us a, a blockchain 101, if you don't mind? Sure. So blockchain is one of those things that you hear, or at least you may hear a lot, and you may be wondering, what in the world is this? Um, so the, the very simple definition of blockchain is a distributed ledger. And if that's even too complicated, then it's basically a list of data that everyone has access to. So it's it's a shared list. So if you want to think of that, the analogy I like to use is a notebook, actually. It's kind of like a notebook that multiple people have copies of. and uh that notebook if someone writes in the notebook it's going that whatever they write down is going to appear in everyone else's notebook also so it's kind of a a magic magical shared notebook if you will <laughs> yes i think that's a great way to explain it and one of the other things that i think that would beg the question then is who has control of the data or or how how secure is it or what keeps it from somebody going in and erasing what's in my notebook? Yes, those are all very good questions. And the answer to that depends on what kind of blockchain we're talking about. There's there's actually several kinds and the answers can range, you know, from, from the data is completely public, everyone can see it, to data that is locked down and secured and only authorized users can see the data as far as you know data being being able to be changed that's one thing with blockchain it's it's like a notebook and you're writing in it with a permanent marker you cannot erase anything on the blockchain you can you can write something one day and later you can come back and write something else that basically updates so you you know you could say 
for example, like my favorite color is green. And then in a few days you could, you could write something like my favorite color is blue. And so you would know, well, I guess her favorite color changed to blue, right? But you can see that it was green before. So there's no erasing data, I guess. Which is exciting because the data trail is sometimes as important as the data itself. In other words, how we got to that spot, what what occurred in between the start and the finish of, of that piece of information. Yes, exactly. That's that's one of the big benefits of blockchain is that ability to to have not only what the current data is, but also the whole uh, chain back of what it, you know, what it was before and, and how it got to be what it is today. Mm -hmm. So having worked in um, like my software experience in accounting and and crop production type stuff and feed for that matter. But in, in seeing that, that's really the key too, is being able to drill down and see where that data came from, um, everything that, that plugged into it. So, you know, when you're looking at inventory or, you know, you're tying your accounting with your inventory, you know, all of those type of things that we can see this technology just kind of blowing that stuff out of the water and doing some really really neat stuff with it. So just give us a few examples of how agriculture um, you think will be utilizing this blockchain technology in the future. Sure. Yeah. So I see several applications of blockchain technology to agriculture. Um, kind of two main areas, I guess I see is one is kind of like you just mentioned, the ability to trace um the history of an item or, or a product or, you know, a, an item of produce, some type of food product, kind of that traceability or being able to, I guess, ha have insight into the provenance of an item, which is basically just where did it come from? Um, so you have the ability to see that history of the data, every point along the supply chain up until you know, fr from the farm up until fork, farm to fork, like they call it, like where it was grown all the way to when the consumer is about to, to eat that piece of food, they can see that kind of data. So that's one of them. Another another one that kind of ties into that is um, not only the ability for the consumer to kind of see where their food is coming from, but also to see the processes that it went through and for a company who's selling a product to be able to prove to the consumer that they're following some sort of process. Mm -hmm. um, I think about all the the labels that we see on food these days, um, whether it's, you know, gluten-free or uh, organic or any, so many, you know, fair right. trade. There's so many that you, we could list and kind of blockchain would make it easier for a company to be able to prove that they actually did follow the processes to meet that kind of a standard. Mm -hmm. That's exciting. As Monty and I were talking about today, he and I were visiting and, and I said, I'm so excited. We're going to do this blockchain podcast. And, and I, and we got to talking about how, you know, as a consumer, let's say that I'm trying to follow a certain diet. I'm, I'm trying to lower my LDL or, you know, address some type of health issue. And the fact that I might be able to, as a consumer, pick a diet, 
with the food, you know, with the criteria that I'm looking for, the food that I need specifically, it might even build the menus for me based off of that, picking it, and then actually deliver it to my door in that kind of very direct method of being for me to be able to sort down and get specifically what I'm looking for. That would be really neat. That's, <laughs> that's the future. I'm, I'm hoping that sounds awesome. Yeah, it's exciting. Do you see, is that going to be something like we're going to be in the grocery store and be scanning barcodes or QR codes to be able to pull up quickly? I mean, we can do that a little bit now. It's kind of clunky, I think, in some regards. Mm -hmm. But is that how we're going to be seeing it in, in some aspects? I think so. I mean, that, like you said, that is actually happening right now. Um, some of the the case studies that I've looked at um, involve, like for example, the European grocer Carrefour. I'm not sure if it's French. I'm not sure if I'm pronouncing that exactly correctly, but um, they are all already have several products like that where you can scan a QR code and you can see the history that I think they do chicken and eggs and oranges, tomatoes. I think they have quite a list of products. Um, I haven't seen it as much you know, just jumping out at me at the grocery store. Um, there's probably some products here, you know, that was in, that example was in Europe. I know um, I was reading recently about Bumblebee Tuna, that they have just started an initiative where they have a, a code you can scan on their package and see the history of the fish. And, you know, from the fishermen that, that pulled it out of the water all the way to right in your kitchen when you're opening the can, you can see that whole journey. So I think that's definitely, definitely a possibility. Well, and the thing is that the, the exciting thing about that is that the consumers are wanting more and more to shorten that chain between them and the person who grew their food. And um, not only do they want to be able to uh, know where their food came from, but they really almost want a relationship with that grower. And I think that's exciting, um, not only from the consumer standpoint, of course, but also as a producer, because that's how you build loyalty. You develop those deeper relationships with your customers. And I think it's exciting to let people get involved in that process. And I know it's probably scary uh, for sometimes for folks to think about how, how close they come but I think that it's a really valuable direction. Yeah, definitely. And I have kind of another possible benefit I see um, with blockchain helping agriculture is just that when that data becomes available and the consumer can see how many steps there are between them and the, the you know, the grower, you know, and for that matter, and everyone along the supply chain can kind of see how many people are touching this product. I think that that might... Uh, that added visibility might help the efficiency of the system just to see like, wow, this is, you know, this is touching 20 people before it gets to where it needs to go. You know, just, just showing that and visualizing that may help to, you know, get rid of some middlemen that aren't, aren't necessarily needed or just improve the efficiency of the system. Yes, yes, for sure. And I think efficiency is really key. I mean, as we just look at our infrastructure in the United States, you know, and the, the amount of stuff that moves from one spot to another 
when we might have it locally available, um, that we might start sourcing things more in our areas. Um, it's just some interesting things to evaluate and, and figure out. And with blockchain, then we have the data then to really be able to understand that, that process. Right. And has it been, would you say, I mean, I'm not sure how involved you are in that, but would you say that that has been lacking in the past that we haven't really had the data for us to uh, really evaluate some of those things like transportation and that type of thing? Yeah, I think so. I mean, I guess what I see how, how blockchain can aid in that, I guess, is because it's a distributed ledger, so basically it's it's a shared data set that's shared between everyone, um, that allows people to start tying their data into one central place. And that's kind of a, when we talk about blockchain, you don't want to say it's like a central store because it's it's not, it's decentralized. So maybe, maybe I'm misspeaking when I say that, but I guess what I mean is everything can be uploaded to the blockchain from different parties. And so where we haven't been able to see a full story because everyone is recording their data in their own system and only you know, their own company can see that data and it's not shared, right. uh, we can now put it on the blockchain where it can be shared. And, and like I said, the, the level of sharing is up to the company and it's up to kind of how the blockchain is configured. So sure. any, any private data could be kept private, but but it does allow the ability to start seeing the whole picture rather than just pieces of the picture. And I think that has been lacking. I think that's that's one thing that traditional databases um, and, and security around them doesn't allow so well. And that's one thing blockchain offers. Yeah, that's exciting. It's just interesting to see. I, I just think there's just so many applications and I feel like agriculture is going to be a big part of that. So so talk a little bit about like on the farmer end on um, as they're growing, what, what will it look like for them, do you think? Yeah, that's an interesting question. Let's see. So in my position uh, at my company, I develop apps that gather the data that I, I see it as the data that would go into the blockchain. So I'm kind of developing kind of what we would call a front end to the blockchain. Now we're not using blockchain right now, but but eventually the data that is collected through the apps that I build would, would go onto the blockchain. And so, um, you know, for example, a farmer could input uh, what crops they planted, on, you know, in their fields and, and the yield and any type of uh, chemicals that were applied, any, anything really that, that they do, their day-to-day -day activities could be uploaded, whether it's through an app on their phone or an app in the office, you know, either way, I think we, I think the farmers are going to be the first point of data probably that mm -hmm. starts kind of that chain. And then through the supply chain, each, you know, each actor in the supply chain would keep adding onto that. That's interesting. Do you think that from the farmer standpoint, will they be doing it themselves or will they be working through whoever they're selling their crop to or that type of thing? How, what will that look like? Yeah, I think it could be all of the above. I think, I think this will encourage a lot more collaboration and data sharing between the farmer and any, you know, third parties that they're dealing with. Um, the other thing to mention is application of things to this. So the internet of things is just, the idea that we can have 
smart devices basically that that are connected to the internet and that can feed their data into the blockchain. So, um, for example, if a farmer wanted to record, you know, like maybe the weather data to feed into some sort of algorithm to predict how much they need to irrigate or just to to you know to explain why a crop did well or didn't do well, um, that weather data, you know, I don't think the farmer would need to go in there and and type that into their app. I think that would be something where an, an Internet of Things device, a you know, a thermometer, mm-hmm. could just pull that data in for them. So in some ways, the farmer could automate a lot of this too, depending on you know whether you have smart machinery like tractors out there. Just any anything that can be connected to the internet can feed into the blockchain, and then that's that's one less thing that any human needs to enter in. I could see that as I was kind of getting a visual as you were talking about that, because I'm thinking about how we could start layering uh, information. So he's got his um, yield data, his history of when he planted and applications and everything. He's maybe laying weather data on top of that. Perhaps if he's irrigating, he's laying, you know, that data on top of there and then getting a full picture without having to go through a million calculations himself to to maybe match up those trends to evaluate what actually happened in the field that year. Exactly. Yeah. And then maybe going from that towards more of a predictive stance, knowing, you know, how how do you adjust based on what happened this year? How do we plan for next year? That's really exciting. There's just such an amount of, I mean, I just think about, I don't know if you've had a chance to ride in a combine, You'll have to make a trip out to Illinois. We'll give you a tour of the farm and a ride in the combine. But Yes, I would love that. <laughs> <laughs> we would love it as well. You know, when you sit in the combine seat, there's, you know, 16 monitors. You just think about all of that data pouring in. Right. Yeah, I, I like the visual. Yeah, I feel somewhat, uh, being a someone who just works in the office, you know, I'm not out in the field all day. So I feel like if... You know, if I were to go out there, I would just see so many more opportunities for this. And I've I've seen a, I've seen a little bit, but I have not ridden in a combine, so that well, that sounds fun. I think that Monty would be excited to make that happen if you get this direction. So, and that's that's exciting because as part of our group, Grateful Grays. Um, we have a grass-fed beef company, and that really is a focus of being able to connect the consumer with the product. And, you know, we do things like pasture parties and things where people can then come out and actually see the animals, how they're being raised, all that type of thing. And I feel like then at some point from the farm standpoint, we're going to want to be able to, you know, have that barcode on that piece of meat and it's going to say, you know, all the origins of that of that particular product. So I think that's really a neat thing. Yeah, I, I see. I mean, I guess like we've said, but just, just adding to that, that I feel like the farmer can tell their story through the blockchain kind of gives them a better way to tell that story. And whether it's, you know, a, a barcode that you scan and it tells you the history or, you know, you could add some, some uh, kind of an element of fun to it, I guess, that you could have a picture of the farmer. You could have, you know, some, some visuals that go beyond just reading data on a screen. Right. 
Right. Well, we always say our animals have an awesome life and just one bad day. So, <laughs> so, so don't, don't capture life. that bad day, but tell us about the rest of it. Exactly. That's right. that's right. You know, this data that's available out there, that's more real time. I think it's things like that, that are very, can have some very practical applications in the future. Yeah, definitely. Now, just as much information as you can get these days, you know, you want it. We're so used to having instant access to whatever question we might have or, you know, some. I like to go to bookstores, but I hardly ever buy books there. I'll, I'll scan it. Like you said, I'll scan it and I'll check and see if it's cheaper on Amazon or something. So, right. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Well, and, you know, just because you can use technology doesn't mean you always should. There's certainly time and a place for hands-on things. But I think as we're trying to um, really improve systems and, and uh, uh, like we've talked about, connect the farmer to the consumer. And I loved how you said telling their story. Um, because I feel like if they don't tell their story, someone else is going to tell it for them and probably most of the time get it wrong. And so if the farmer can tell their story um, themselves, I think that's really key um, to or going to be key to a lot of their success of what they're doing. So I agree. And the, and the thought just came to me that I think there's a lot of value in the story. And so if someone else is telling the story, then that someone else is probably getting the value out of that too. And we want to, you know, bring the value back to where it's being created, allow the farmer to be able to, to talk about that and, you know, demand a higher price if, you know, or whatever it may be. But as long as yep. they, they be, they're the ones to tell their own story. That's a great, great point. And um, I think it, it, you know, we hear a lot about what's your why, why do you do something? Why are you driven by that? And I think when people understand why someone is doing what they're doing, um, it does help to build that communication between one another and really, as you said, build value then for them. Boy, we've covered a lot of different things. I, I don't, is there anything that we didn't talk about that, that you think, oh, we should delve into this? I think we've covered a good amount. You know, there's so many details about all this stuff. We could get down in the weeds about the the types of blockchains and the specific, you know, companies and different offerings that there are out there. We could talk about kind of the history of blockchain, but it's all, you know, it's all kind of tangential, I think, to what we've focused on, which is kind of the value to the farmer and to to the agriculture sector at large. So I think we've, I think we've covered it at a good level. That's great. Well, I'm going to use this opportunity to uh, let our listeners know that Aaron is going to be uh, one of our presenters at Aggie Merge 2020 in Monterey in January. So we're super excited and we're going to be delving into um, more about blockchain and really some specifics about how it could be used with some consumer issues in mind. And so I'm really excited for you to bring those concepts to our, not only to our farm but, you know, 
in at Ag Emerge, we have thought leaders there, we have entrepreneurs, we have speakers that are just kind of blowing the lid off of different ideas for agriculture. And when we get y'all in the same room, there is just an electricity of um, information and exchange. And so I'm excited not only for them to hear you, but for you to get a chance to meet with growers. It's really an opportunity for folks who are in an influential position like you are to be able to really connect with those growers and find out, you know, what's happening in the field, so to speak. Right. Oh, I'm excited to be a part of it. Um, yeah, like you said, there's, there's so much more we'll, that we'll go into. And sometimes um, I think you start to grasp the concept and, and we talk about the applications like we did today, but um, sometimes knowing some of the the finer details really kind of illuminates the possibilities and and kind of, you know, knowing a little bit about how some of this works um, will help people understand a lot more. So I'm excited to go into to more of that at, at the conference. Yes, that's great. Well, I know folks will be looking forward to getting to hear your uh, presentation, and I just really appreciate you taking time uh, to visit with me today. Um, it's exciting for me, and and like I said, I, I try not to get too uh, overly enthusiastic about uh, all that kind of stuff, but I, I do just love it. Well, thank you. Yes, I, I love your enthusiasm, your passion for it. It's, it's been fun talking today. Thanks. Thanks, Aaron. Well, that was an interesting interview with Aaron. Uh, you can tell that she's got a deep knowledge of the subject, and I'm looking forward to how she's going to put that together for the application for agriculture. So Aaron's a, a you know, firsthand account working daily as a software developer and, and making these making the magic happen behind the keys uh, is a real key, right? I mean, didn't you get that? For sure. Yeah, absolutely. And one of the other key things that I pick up is that one of the functions of Aggie Merch is to bring these thought leaders like Erin together with our producers so that she can talk one-on-one -on -one with them and really get a feel for exactly what their needs are, what they're looking for. I feel like that's a key component of Aggie Merch. Well, she's welcome to ride in a combine. We want her to understand all parts of agriculture, exactly. too, and what the needs are and how the, what the benefit can be in all these things. So just to visit a little bit about that to wrap up this podcast is once we record everything that's going on, there's things that we can do for yield modeling in order to know we do this input, we get this output within a reasonable liar of error, right, with st stats. So uh, that's a great part of it for the yield modeling. I, I think the greatest value in blockchain uh, is, because it's kind of been hijacked a little bit about the precision ag agronomy people, I think the greatest value is in the identity preservation. Knowing that this plant or this animal, whatever, this food product was grown in a regenerative practice fashion in this environment, doing great things for the auxiliary benefits to the environment and the food and such, and that's going to be transferred through all the way to the consumer that can make an informed decision or, you know, like you're mentioning there, the, the concept of having, you know, artificial intelligence look at hey, what are our predetermined values and creating, buying the best uh, food that we want to meet our immediate needs and values. Mm -hmm. So I think there's tremendous opportunities to for the farmer who's looking at bringing on and doing regenerative ag techniques, which may require a higher level of management, 
which may require a change in equipment or a change in uh, cost structures or cost reallocations to where he has more than just doing all this to sell the same commodity. Now he or she is doing all this to sell a value-added product. Exactly. And that's where it comes through. I think that's really key is the value-added products. And from a consumer standpoint, being able to drill down to the specific products that I'm looking for, um, I think has such value mm-hmm. beca- and a value that a lot of people are willing to pay a premium to have. And people just enjoy understanding where their food is coming from. They really do want to know. And it's exciting to be able to provide them with that information mm-hmm. and how it was sourced, all those type of things. So, Because we need to do more than just the food safety aspects, which is oh, one yes. of the things that Aaron's company focuses on. We mm-hmm. need to do more than just the yield modeling. We need to do where you got complete open transparency from the soil to the plate. Uh, to know what that means. And Mm -hmm. I think that enables all of the good practices and principles. It enables uh, everything that uh, we want to do with human health aspects of this. It allows everything we get to do with ecosystem services and ultimately how we can drive and bring profitability back to the farm. Exactly, exactly. So, I mean, it's a win across the board, and I think that's exciting. And so I'm really looking forward to what Aaron has to say um, at Ag Emerge, and I think that there's going to be a lot of opportunities for some great discussions there. So um, if you want to be a fly on the wall, you want to get registered for Ag Emerge, you can be right there. at a. You don't even have to be on the wall. You can sit at a lovely table and yeah, take notes and enjoy all the fun and the conversation that, that happens at Ag Emerge, which is pretty darn exciting. Excellent. Well, thanks for doing that for me, Kim, and and visiting with Aaron. It was a good interview, and I'm looking forward to learning more, not only about the what blockchain is all about, but she'll she'll have a time to put together why and what the implications are Mm -hmm. of this technology and and how entrepreneurs can can take this technology and develop it into a software as a service uh, business that I, as a farmer, could use in order to tell the story of my product on the end. Right. Uh, to drive higher value back to me. And if if, uh, somebody wants to charge me $1,000 a year to use this service to provide all that, and it helps me make $10,000, $100,000 more a year, I'll do that every day of the week. Yeah, exactly. So once again, we want to encourage you to join us at Aggie Merge in beautiful Monterey, California in January the 7th through the 9th. We're going to have a great time. You know, our theme there is accelerating knowledge, facilitating leadership, and equipping for action. And we want to just be able to present you with a conference that offers a unique opportunity to hear from multiple perspectives and see how thought leaders, entrepreneurs, and forward thinkers like you are tackling some of the most challenging problems in agriculture. It's an immersive conference. You're going to love this experience with new technology highlights and big picture discussions. We'll be looking at emerging trends in soil, plant, and animal health. You're going to have an ample opportunity to trade ideas amongst some of the best minds in agriculture today. There's a lot of folks talking about it that were there last year, and they're excited about what this year is going to bring. So we encourage you to join us for Aggie Merge. Sign up at AggieMerge.com. There's a registration link. So join us and be part of the conversation. Thanks so much. Have a great day.